Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Willing to walk out. Have it all, Lord. Have it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Come on. Isn't this a great team? I'm just thankful for the space that is created for the presence of God. I mean, we could just blow through worship, right? You know that. (laughs) We could just do it, just to be doing it. Or we could make space for Him. And I love that, I just feel like me personally, I don't know if I'm speaking for anybody else, but personally in my life, I feel like I'm rediscovering the lost discipline of waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Who likes to wait? You been to the DMV lately? (laughs) Not in Tattanoe? Is it better in Tattanoe? There's something about waiting that I don't know. It purges us of expectations that maybe we shouldn't have. How many know hope is the expectation that good is on its way? But sometimes our expectations aren't what Jesus actually wants to do in and through us. I don't know. This is a reminder for somebody today that as we wait on the Lord, he renews our strength. Sometimes our circumstances don't look like they're changing like we want them to. But guess what's happening? He's renewing us. That's not good news, is it? (laughs) Some of y'all like, I got so quiet in here when I said that. But I don't like it. I don't either. But he's renewing us. Waiting on the Lord renews us. Thank you, team. Thank you. I feel like something happened in my heart during worship this morning. How about you? I feel like I was renewed just by waiting on the Lord. I feel stronger. Somebody said, just preach, okay? I will. I am. Um, We had a little mix-up a while ago. Uh, Just I put that QR code back up. This is the actual QR code. Some of y'all scanned it, and it's like, groups? Yeah, okay, I'll get in a group. I kind of want to be, you know. So this is the Connect card form. So if you're new, just scan that. Welcome home. If you're new around here, welcome home is happening this Tuesday night. Happens in the glass room over dinner. I'm there. Uh, We talk about the church and the vision of the house and how you can be a part and be connected. So if you've not been to welcome home, it'd be a really good week to, to go. There's a connections table out in the lobby that you can connect and sign up for that. And you have to sign up for it because if you show up, we might not have anything to feed you. And that's the only reason you come anyway, if you're honest, right? I mean, pizza or whatever. Okay. All right. So today is a special day. It's Grab the Net Sunday. I'm going to do that preacher thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, grab the net. Grab the net. Uh, How many people, now I know if you live here, you're from the South, okay? But how many are from the South? South. I'm from Alabama, and I'm a country boy at heart. I know you can't tell from the drip. (laughs) Or the 
or the accent. But let me tell you about my childhood. Let me tell you about, yeah, Adidas, Adidas. Um, my daughter calls, me, calls this my little kid's shoes. <laughs> she called me out. And I noticed today a little kid had on the same shoes. So maybe she's right. Um, so I could thank you. So I, um, so I grew up in the woods. And my mama would get on. She had a little cowbell to call me home. Parenting ain't like that no more, y'all. If she couldn't get me with a cowbell, she'd get on the car horn. <laughs> That's how far in the woods I'd be. But here's what was amazing is I lived out in the country. And I had three fish ponds that I could walk to growing up. If I wanted some big catfish, I walked through the woods to this pond. I had permission to fish in all of them. I wasn't that guy, you know. I had permission. If I wanted catfish, I'd fish in this pond. If I wanted to catch brim and actually bring something home to eat, I'd go to this pond. If I wanted to snag a big bass, I'd go to Miss Jessie's pond. And let me tell you, if Miss Jessie owns the pond, there's some fish in it, okay? There's some fish in it. So how many fish people have I got? How many fishermen have I got? Okay, so I, was, I would sneak off and just go fishing all the time when I was growing up. And there was a little John boat down there, and I would push it in the water, and I got out there. It's a little spring-fed pond, and it was probably really not much bigger than this room, kind of a small pond. And I got out there one morning, and some of y'all are going to go fishing this week because of this story. But I got out there, and the fog was still on the water. It's about 6 o'clock in the morning. And I got a top water, and I threw it over there. And what I, The water seemed like a little shallow over there. So it was weedy. And I thought, I bet there's something over there. And I start pulling that little thing across that water, that little jig. He's doing like this. And he's making a sound through the water. And all of a sudden... The biggest splash you've ever heard, a bass hit my, my lure. Yeah. And I knew immediately, that's a big one. And I do like my daddy taught me to set the hook, get it in his lip, right, and start reeling in. And I fought that bass. He pulled my boat all over the place. I fought that bass until I got him, it's probably a her, in the boat the biggest bass I had ever caught and to this day have ever caught. I don't know. I didn't have a scale. And this isn't a fish story, you know. It isn't one of those fish tales. It was a big bass, probably 10, 10, 10 feet, 10 pounds. <laughs> it was like Hemingway. I mean, I was like, um, it was probably a 10-pound bass, no joke. That's the biggest bass I've ever caught. Some of y'all got 14s on your own. You know, forget you, okay. But it was probably about 10 pounds. And I was like beside myself. I was like, I have to mount this. This can't go back. So I put it in my basket in the, uh, on the side, off the side of the boat. And so he's swimming around in there. He's alive. 
And about that time, I hear a four-wheeler coming down. Yeah, I told you, I'm from Alabama. We got four-wheelers, all that stuff, okay? I hear a four-wheeler coming down by the pond, and it's my neighbor. And he's got a guy that works with him on there. They take care of the pond. He goes there and feeds, feeds it and everything. He says, hey, Gunner. I said, hey. He said, you caught anything? I said, oh, yeah. And I reached down in my basket. And I grab that big old bass by the lip. It takes everything I got to pull him up like this. And I got him about right here. And he shook out of my hand back into the water. It was the single most humiliating, disappointing, embarrassing moment of my life. And those guys laughed their heads off on the bank. They felt so, you could see the pain, but it was so Funny watching my face drop that bass back in the water. Yes, somebody, yeah. I had eyewitnesses. I had eyewitnesses. That was, uh, that was tough. It still bothers me. I got a little, got a little. Uh, <clears throat> Let me tell you another fishing story. Luke chapter five. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night last night, but we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus. And he said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that had been caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Obedience to the command of Jesus results in blessing. Every miracle in the Bible had a command before it. Go wash seven times in the Jordan. Pick up your mat and walk. There's something about obedience that actually opens the door for the Lord to do what he's promised. Now, how many know God can do anything he wants, right? He could have parted the Red Sea, but he told Moses to what? Or was it Aaron? I'm so jacked up by the cartoon, I don't know what the Bible actually says. Y'all know what I'm saying? But I think it was Moses. He said, lift your staff. What if he hadn't lifted his staff? I don't know. The Bible says he obeyed. And a miracle happened, all right? So over and over again, we, we, we hear a call for obedience 
a follow through by those who've heard and then the miracle happens. And if you think about the miracle of, or this miracle here, and it's not the only time it happens, by the way. Like they had to do what he said. It didn't make sense what he said. It was like, man, we've been, you don't get it, Jesus. I mean, I know you're just showing up for this party, but like we've been here all night. We haven't caught anything, but okay. He didn't even have the right spirit about it, right? His heart wasn't even in it. He was just like, I'll do what you say. Jesus don't need much from us. He just needs our yes. There have been times when I've given him a half-hearted yes. Okay. <laughs> Some of y'all gave him a half-hearted yes this morning to even get here. That alarm went off and you're like, oh, do we, Jesus, do we have to go today? You know? But he can do more with your half-hearted yes than he can with anything. It's like, it's, it's just a yes. Yes. I will go. I will do it. I will obey. Does it make sense? Nope. Do I feel like it? Not really, but I'm going to do it anyway. He didn't ask us to feel like it. You ever told your kids that? But I don't want to. Well, I didn't ask you if you wanted to. I asked you to do it. So I'm a big picture guy. I got any like head in the clouds people in the room. Like, I'm, I'm flying the friendly skies. Like, I'm, I'm, like, just in the clouds to the point where I drive people who are, who are like, detail-oriented. I drive them nuts because it's like, okay, well, let's do something, you know. Let's <laughs> talk about it. So one of the phrases that you hear a lot about around here is, is um, and I'll just tell you personally, like, we planted this church almost six years ago. January will be six years ago, and I say this all the time, I didn't come here to plant a church. That's what we did. I came here for us to be a part of transforming a city. Do I believe that one church can do that? No. I believe the church can do that, the church of a city. But that's such a big statement, right? Like, it's like to transform a city, to see a city warmed by the fires of God's presence, to see a city um, marked by division and racial uh, disunity, healed and, and unified under one mission and vision under the banner of Jesus Christ. Like, those are just big concepts, right? How does that happen? Is it even possible? And it's really hard for me to connect big vision, big dreams sometimes to, okay, what do we do? What do I do now? Like, right now. What's the first step? And I'm thankful for people that I have in my life to help me think that way, right? Um, or else I just motivate unto nothing. All right? So just see, it's good to dream. Never stop dreaming. I heard somebody say, stop dreaming and start doing. Well, no, just do both. Don't stop dreaming, just keep doing. Don't never give up. I think a lot of the things that we want to see happen will actually happen just because we just don't stop. We just keep obeying. The power of a yes. You change a city. You change a region for the kingdom of God by one act of obedience at a time. By reaching one person at a time. I find it really interesting 
how often in Scripture the Lord singles out one person. Right? You remember he's walking in the street and all the people are just pressed in around him and, and a woman touches the hem of his garment and he stops the whole thing and he puts his attention on her. Uh, there are times when he's headed in a direction and then something interrupts the, the procession and he's like, oh, no, this is actually what the Father's doing right now and it's about you. It's about you today. Hey, Zacchaeus. <laughs> I mean, he's surrounded by people. He sees a guy in a tree. Oh, yeah. It's your day, buddy. It's one person at a time. It's one person at a time. Making room for one person at a time. We, we planted this church in 2018 and um, we've always had basically the same language and it goes like this. We create spaces for people to encounter God as a father, to discover their identity and fulfill their purpose. It's on my shirt. We make room for God. His presence is priority. If we don't have his presence, we don't have anything. But in making room for God and making room for his presence and making that the main thing, we also have the heart of Jesus that, that pursues people. So we make room for people. And we'll go to links to reach people. I, I feel like the more, and those things aren't opposed to one another. Like the more we pursue God's presence, the more he changes our hearts for people. The more we gaze on him the more he changes our gaze and how we gaze. And we start to see people like he sees them. We start to see a city as he sees a city. And so from day one, I mean, just I want you to look around at the people in the room. Just go ahead. It's a little awkward to make eye contact, but it's okay. Look at the, look at the people in this room. Look at the building that we're in. Do you know it didn't start this way? There's probably not many of y'all left, but how, how many people were here on the first day? January 21st, 2018. See, God moved, God, God moved people on to do amazing things since then, but we were in the AMC Theater on the south side of Savannah, behind Target. You gotta be looking for it to find it. And a handful of people, 30-something people, count the kids and the pets, <laughs> fleas. We had a team of people who just created a space in a movie theater. And I've told this story and I'll tell it until I'm blue in the face, but there was a lady sitting right over here in the movie theater. Her name was Loretta. And on that service, at the end of service, I just said, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just put your hand in the air. And her hand went up, and several others did too, but I remember her because she told me afterwards, she said, I got a mailer in the mail, but this church, I saw your goofy face on it. She didn't say that, but it was. <laughs> and I decided to show up, but what you need to understand is I've not stepped foot in a church in 13 years because I'm carrying a lot of pain about some stuff that was done to me in the name of Jesus, in the name of religion, and I've just kind of given up on God, given up on church. And I came here today 
God changed my life. That's one person. What if? What if those 35 people hadn't said yes? To create a space for people, to make room for people. Let's just make it personal. Somebody made room for Loretta. Somebody got up there that morning and unraveled those mic cables. Oh, it's early, man. Good, great. Well, we got to start us this early. Adam, is this blue cable going the... This monotony. Put out these flags. Let's put the sign up. Somebody clean that bathroom. Because we're making room for people. We're making room for Loretta, who hadn't stepped foot in a church in 13 years. We didn't know she was coming. We were just saying yes. Are you hearing me this morning? We were just saying yes. Jesus brought the increase. Jesus brought the harvest. He brought the fish. But we had to grab the net. And I think about that moment of of when Jesus did the miracle and the the, the nets were full of fish and it says they started to tear. The blessing was so great that what they had wasn't good enough to sustain it. The people that they had weren't enough to sustain it, to pull in the blessing. And what they do? Guys, you got to help. Get over here quick. What? What? I don't know. You know, paddle over. I don't know. But they, they grabbed the net with them. And they got the blessing in. Two boats full. And I think about the yeses that have been made over the last five and a half years in this church. I think about just your yes to be here today. I think about Dan in the parking lot with an umbrella when it's raining. Holding over a mama with trying to get her baby out of the car. Come on, like, like that's a big deal. And then on the way in, hey, how can I pray for y'all? When's the last time somebody asked you that? It's such a simple act, but it's a yes. Look at Leslie. Man, Leslie, you have made more coffee. This girl right here is like, I mean, she's been in it from like day four or something. I mean, it was a long, long time. Just faithful, faithful. Just getting up before anybody gets here. One, two, three, four. And for Gunner, we'll put another one in there. Just making coffee. And you got to turn it on and, okay, what can I do? And he put paper towels in the bathroom. And he did. Why? Why are we doing this? We're making room for people. For a Loretta. Nate Kilburn, where are you at? Nate, I think about the day that you walked into that theater and you walk down that corridor and you hear the music and you just start bawling. Big old man bawling like a baby in the presence of God. Why do we do what we do? To make room for people. 
As we're making room for God, we're making room for people. I think about the marriages. I think about the people that sat on my sofa at one in the morning thinking this marriage is not going to make it. And God comes in and he restores it. And he heals hearts. And trust is restored. And strength, there's there's just a strength that was never there before that's there now. I think about people that struggled with addiction and they found freedom. I think about, I mean, I'm just looking in the room right now what God's doing in your lives. And it's just overwhelming. And I wonder, I wonder if it has anything to do with someone said yes. If somebody said, man, it's early, but I'm going to get up and go anyway. Man, I'm just going to do this. Because Jesus has called me to do this. It's one person at a time. And what today's about, if I can just be honest and be for real, for real. Like I know what it's like to go to church in the message or the, the, the sermon being on giving and then they take up the offering. Have you noticed we don't do that here? Because it's not about that. If, you, if you're generous, you'll find how to, how to give. And so we rarely talk about serving. We rarely, rarely talk about giving. And I know what it's like to walk into a church and they're saying, hey, will you do this for us? Hey, will you do this for us? We need this. We need this. And it can sound monotonous because some, some churches this every single week. But can I just be honest with you? Look around the room. If you could look back at where those kids are meeting right now and the team that's back there. If you could see what happens on a weekly basis when food pantries getting ready and they're coming here to offload the truck and stock the shelves to make room for people. God is blessing us. On a given Sunday, uh, Stefan had the numbers the other day. On a given Sunday here at the dwelling, 50% of the people that show up weren't here a year ago. That's a big deal. That's a lot of y'all. Somebody said yes for you. To encounter God, to know him, to find family, to find community. And here's what today's about. It's like, this is what we're doing. Oh my God. (laughs) Can you believe this? Oh, I can't get it in. Oh no, the net. Oh no. No, 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 no. Be careful, the net's tearing. Hey guys, come help. (laughs) Help. We don't want to lose this. Do you see the blessing? That he's pouring out. And if we don't grab the net, we'll lose what he's sent. If we don't grab the net, we'll lose what he's poured out. We'll lose the blessing. That's the point. It's not about roping anybody into something. It's it's about Jesus has sent people and he's sending people and he will send people. Are we prepared? Are we prepared? And I'm not talking like in our mindset. I'm talking like, are we prepared? 
Do we have our hands on the net? Are we grabbing the net? Are we pulling our weight? And this is a real thing. And I listen, I know, I know that church can seem pushy, but I'm telling you, it's about people. It's about what God's doing in people's lives. I'm, I'm, every week I'm blown away that I get to be a part of what he's doing. Every day I'm blown away. It's like we, get, we actually get to partner with God in what he's doing and see his power and see his strength. So what does it look like on a practical level? See, I'm trying to, doing the big stuff again. I got to get practical. What does it look practically to grab the net at the dwelling church? Let's just talk about some of these teams real quick. Next gen. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about this. Um, we currently serve families and partner with parents to raise up kids who love Jesus, who are passionate followers of Jesus. How many know the parents? It's your job. We just get to come alongside of you and help you pray for your kids, reinforce what you're teaching at home. Right now, in the babies out there, some of y'all are in here and you ain't worried about a thing because somebody's holding your baby. You know? Isn't that beautiful? And not only holding their baby, but they're praying over your baby and they're speaking blessings over your baby. There's, there's, there's a toddler class, three through five-year-olds back there. We're about to start another class because we're just busting at the seams with kids. Hold the net. Grab the net. Like, we're about to, it's about to tear. We got to start another room. But those kids are learning about Jesus. And one of the values, we don't have core values in this room that don't stretch to the, to the kids' wing. We value the presence of God. We're teaching the kids to press into the God's presence. I love the pictures and some of the stories I'm hearing about kids praying and ministering to each other back there in our elementary class. And so from babies to fifth grade and kids, we're creating space for God. We're creating space for little people to know God. And I love our kids team and, and all that they do there. And then we've got sixth through 12th graders and our youth. And what I love about this is there's, you know, we had a, we had a, um, a meeting the other day and there was some things that were, we're talking about like, what could it be? What could youth ministry be at the dwelling church? And there, there was kind of, there was a weak point in, in, in what we're doing. And, and a parent who showed up said, I want to help build that. A new person at this church said, and you know what that did to my heart? Oh, man. <laughs> there are people like that. Because, you know, a lot, a lot of folks will come, will we'll say, we'll walk into a Target. and Why don't they have this? Why don't they do this? You know, when we walk into church, if we see something that we wish this church had for our family and for people, that's probably means God's giving you eyes to see it. Yeah. And it may mean that he's given you a calling on your life to see it happen, to make it happen. Just saying. Okay. So next generation. I'm talking about teachers. I'm talking about runners. You got any more diapers? Give me a diaper. Curriculum. Cutting out the stuff, printing out the stuff, stapling, get it ready for the teachers so that they're not overwhelmed. That's a cool idea. And then you got check-in attendants who, who are taking families and saying, hey, what's your number? Okay, 
We're so glad you're here. I went to a church one time. I have three children. This church lost two of our children. Two out of three. Man, they were striking out that day. I never want that to be the case. We need some good people back there serving our families and kids. And then you got our first impressions team. Come on, greeters, our parking team, our hospitality, our connections, getting new people connected to the table back here, helping with welcome home dinner. Also, um, you're going to see out here in a little while, there's, there's four tables out there at first impressions table. There's also going to be uh, 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 an opportunity for people who you say, well, I'm not a greeter, but I can swing a hammer or I can change an air filter. You know, all that stuff has to be done. And right now, Jason's doing it. <laughs> Jason needs some people on his team, okay? So go to the first impressions and say, I can change an air filter, you know, or whatever. I can paint a wall, you know, like, come on, man. All right, ladies too. Um, and then there's a worship table out there. And you think worship, you think music. Well, that's part of it. Music team, vocalists instrumentalists playing an instrument. There's also production and there's lighting and there's sound and there's video production back there. You saw Jamin with his, with his sweet kicks on this morning. I could cause I was up here, but yeah, <laughs> running around the camera, any camera operators. Why, why do we do that? Why don't we have live stream? Because somebody's sick this morning and somebody watched it. There's a family that I've talked to this week that are moving to Savannah that watch online every week because they want to be a part of what God's doing in Savannah, and they're going to move here. But they wouldn't be connected with what God's doing in this city had they not found us online. I, a bunch of you guys watched online. Let me check this thing out. <laughs> and it's amazing. Guess what? It takes like at least, what, three people? At least, that's just bare, minimum. Like, it takes three people to do that. So if you can run a camera and look as cool as Jamin. <laughs> Some of y'all in the marching band, this is perfect. Like, all right. So there's, the worship is more than just music. It's lighting and sound production. Why? To create a distraction-free environment. Y'all wouldn't be listening to me if that was going on right now, that feedback stuff. Um, media, photography, not only taking pictures to put online so that people can get connected and so we can tell the stories of what God's doing through visual stuff on social media and all that, but also people that can edit pictures. There's so many steps that go into every little thing that, that we do. It's really incredible. Expressive worship. Who enjoys our, our dancers up here? I can't tell you, one of the most special Sundays we had is the first Sunday someone danced in service because we hadn't always done that. Someone danced in service in the room just got permission to express their worship on another level. It was beautiful. I love it. So there's, um, then there's another table and it's gonna say outreach above it. It's our food pantry. It's our tutoring program. Do you know that we tutor kids here? from the community? Do you know that we need more people to tutor kids in this community? We, we need more people sign up for food pantry. You know, our food pantry doubled in three months. 
are having one next week. And I suspect there might be more people at that one than there were the last week. Whew, yeah, a lot of people have moved. And so there's, 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 there's opportunities to serve people. Not only do we, are we able to give groceries to people in the community, but we're also, what's happening is one-on-one -on -one ministry is happening. Like I was talking to Jamin this, this past week about there's so much ministry happening it's like, we got to keep the line moving so that people can get the food. Like, you know, like that's beautiful because people aren't just getting fed. They're getting Jesus and they're, they're being listened to. Do you know how important that is? Let me just listen to your story. Then we got to go, the go bag things. The, the, when we do the go bags, we have people who have to put that together, go get the stuff so that you can grab a go bag and, and minister to someone who is houseless in our city. Funny story, we had one in the back seat. I'm picking my kids up from school and my littlest, she's got a new snack every day. And I'm like, where'd you get those Cheez-Its? <laughs> they were just back here. Where'd you get that granola bar? Where'd you getting all these snacks? That's the homeless bag. <laughs> it's funny. She didn't know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just there, so. <laughs> yeah, don't pass that opportunity yet. So I, I want us to lean in, though. I, like, that's the practical. That, and I'm not, even, I'm not even being exhaustive with that. And the beautiful thing is, is God's giving you guys vision for what could be that's not even happening yet. Maybe the Lord's calling you to start something new. I don't know. But I want to lean into this, this phrase right here. It says, in Luke, it says, A shout for help brought their partners alongside them. A shout for help brought their partners alongside them. God's provided a catch. There's more coming. Do you believe that? There is more coming. And this is me. This is us. This is the dwelling saying, hey, come, come help us because we don't want to lose what we've got. We, we don't want to be bad stewards of what Jesus is giving us. So come help. So two thoughts I want to leave you with before we dismiss. What do we lose if we don't grab the net? That day the nets would have broken and they would have lost the blessing. They would have lost all the fish. I, th I thought about this. We lose the opportunity to see the miracle. If those guys had never come running, they wouldn't have seen the miracle. We lose an opportunity to see hands-on what God is doing. We lose the precious people that God is sending. We lose the next generation. Can I, can I just say, God's moving in Gen Z and Gen Alpha, but there's also a mass exodus from the church. And I'm telling you, it's because all they've experienced is a bunch of religious stuff. And people who have actually have hearts for Jesus and willing to disciple haven't grabbed the net. And I'm telling you, it's time to grab the net for our generation. We need people loving these kids, building a firm foundation in them. Because evangelism in the coming days isn't going to be enough to just explain it. Like, how, Jesus loves you. It's, wait, was Jesus? 
We, there has to be a foundation built. And we need people to do that. People who have a heart for the next generation. Because if we don't grab the net, we will lose the next generation. How bad do we want the next generation? Do we have a heart for the next generation? If we don't grab the net, we'll never see a city transformed. But the other side of the coin is, what do we gain if we grab the net? Well, we gain all we have and we gain more. All the miracles that we've seen happen here at the dwelling, we get to see more. We get to sustain what God has done. We get to see people encountering God, Him just wrecking their lives in the best way. We get to see people connected to family, actually find friends that are good for them. We, we, we get to see changed lives. We get to see addictions broken. We get to see marriages like the ones I talked about a while ago restored. We see the next generation raised up as passionate followers and lovers of Jesus. Can I just say someone's future is riding on your yes. Yes, it is that important that you say yes. So the challenge today is to grab the net. Turn to your neighbor and say, grab the net. So if you don't, I'm going to run you down. No, I'm just kidding. No. So here's, here's the practical. Out in the lobby, you're going to see four areas. There's worship, there's outreach, there's next generation, and there's first impressions. And I, I kind of gave you a rundown of all those teams. But here's what we're going to ask you to do. Go to the table. You can ask questions. We got leaders out there at each one of the tables. Just look at the sign. The table under the sign is the table you want, okay? Talk to them. Ask them, what are the opportunities? What do you need? Here I am. Send me, okay? And then you can fill out this form right here, and you can check the box on which team you would be interested in serving in. And then you take that card, and you take your clothespin, and you walk behind the tables, and I want you to pin that card on that net. Just as an act of like, I'm committing to make room for people. I'm committing to say yes to God, to Jesus and what he's doing. So just a simple way, because here's what I know. The preachers challenge me a bunch in church, and I go eat lunch, and I never do what God told me to do. But I think when we walk outside and we got an immediate action step, that's where it's at, and we'll, it'll stick. So that's what we're asking. Two questions to determine where to serve. Well, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. Well, here's two questions. What would grieve you the most if we lost it? You feel it? That may be where God's calling you. What would make you dance if we gained it? That may be where God's calling you to serve. All right. I believe that if we collectively as the church do our part, Grab the net. I believe one day we're going to be like Peter. And we're going to be so overwhelmed at the catch. And so overwhelmed at the faithfulness of God that we just fall on our face. And we say, oh, Jesus, you're so good. I can't believe that I didn't believe that you'd do this. And that I get to see it with my own eyes. Let's stand and pray. Lord, we love you. We, we, it is our heart's desire to create a space.
where you are welcome. In a culture that's pushing you out of everything, you come where you're wanted. So, Lord, we, we love making room for you. And we also know that your heart, Lord, is to make room for the people that you send. And so, Lord, today, we just pray all over this room right now, Lord, that just pictures and flashes and visions and would play like a movie in our minds of what is possible. Can you see yourself in that place making an impact? Even if it's holding an umbrella for a family and just loving them, loving them on the way into the door or whether it's playing an instrument, whether it's singing and helping lead worship, whether it's being behind the scenes and making things happen that need happening, whatever it is, just visualize that and let the Lord just run with your imagination real quick. Just ask him, Lord, what would you have me do to grab the net? And Lord, as you speak, we, we obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what we're going to do? Grab the net. Go get your car. Go talk to a leader. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. We start a new series called Confessions, What We Believe and Why It Matters. Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.